follower of Christ. Now, what is a fan? We found out that a fan is an, an enthusiastic admirer, somebody who sits on the edge, sits on the outside, looks in, cheers a little bit, and says, I'm, I'm kind of fond of that person. Jesus is not looking for fans. Jesus is looking for followers. He's looking for people who are committed. He's looking for people who are sold out to him, who put him first in all things. Say amen right there. And, and we have been preaching a series of messages toward that idea and toward that thought process. And today, I want to continue to do that and, and, and deal with a subject today that's very, very important. If we're going to be a follower, if we're going to move past a stage of being an outside-looking-in fan and be a real, true follower of Christ, we're going to have to develop this aspect of our Christian walk with Him. And we're going to deal today with the subject, intimacy. Intimacy. What does that mean? Now, now, automatically, automatically, most people, uh, because of our culture and uh, because of the, the 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 sex craze culture that we live in, you automatically think the physical aspect there. But that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. You can have you can have sex without intimacy. You can you can have the physical aspect without the spiritual aspect. And I want to talk more uh, in, in in line with intimacy to know and be known. That's what intimacy truly is. It means to know and be known. Say that with me. To and be, to and be. You see, there's two parts of that. There's two parts of that. It's not just to know the other person. It's to be known by the other person. It's two ways there. So if you'll look with me in Psalms 139, I want to I read just a couple verses here, and then we'll get started with the message today. Are you glad to be saved? Amen. Psalm 139 in verse number 1. It says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. In other words, you know my thoughts, you know my words, you know where I'm at, you know where I've been, and you know where I'm going. God, you know everything about me. Amen. In verse number 17 and 18, he continues the thought, and he says, How precious, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Let's count them. Let's count them. Let's, let's multiply. Let's, let's get a calculator. Let's think about how much God thinks about us. He says in verse 18, If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. He says, When I awake, I'm still on your mind. Somebody say amen. God's thoughts of us, his, his thinking of us, his, 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 his uh, 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 pondering is always on his children. The Bible says that if we was to count them, they was to be as a sand. That's how much God thinks about you. Now think about this. Intimacy. Intimacy is to know and be known. Father, help us today in this message. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Uh, Today, today, how many how many in here has ever seen a double barrel shotgun? You know what I'm talking about. 
got two barrels side by side, and you can shoot them at the same time. Y'all with me? That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to be shooting at the same time. Uh, have you ever heard the phrase, kill two birds with one stone? Well, we're going we're gonna to do that same thing. We're going we're gonna to attack two different things or, or approach two different things with one message. And I'm primarily speaking about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, our relationship with God. When we, de- when we deal with a subject of intimacy, I want to deal with our walk with God, our closeness with God. There's way too many Christians who, are, who have a surface deep religion. They're well aware and they're well capable of the small talk with God. There are people that you meet in the mall and you can say, good morning. How are you doing? How was your day? You can do small talk because you you do not have the type of relationship with them to go into detail and to go into depth and go into intimate matters because you have not developed that relationship. So you stay on a small talk level. But then you have people in your life, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's a parent, where you can go into intimate detail about things because you have an intimate relationship with them. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Far too many Christians, far too many Christians have a surface deep religion. They have a religion that only goes into the small talk and not into the intimate details of life. And there's only... There's only one way to create intimacy, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But what I have found out, what I have found out, the way that we develop intimacy with God is the same way we develop intimacy with others. So if you are struggling in your marriages, you better take notes today. If you're struggling in your relationships, this would be a good time to pay attention. This would be a good time to forget about the football today. It's a good time to forget about the football yesterday. It's a good time to just cut off everything and say, God, I'm not going to let nothing disturb me. I'm not going to let nothing distract me. I need to hear what's being said today. Are y'all with me? Intimacy. To know and to be known. You see, I when I was, I, I really got a clear picture of this when when my babies were born when my babies were born uh uh you know when when jordan was a little bitty thing and 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 she'd cry or becca or any of them i mean they'd cry and they'd fuss and they'd carry on and and i'd try to figure out what's wrong with them and i i I'd try to i try to uh, get the answer and, and 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 there'd be a certain cry there'd be a certain cry and she said well they're tired they, they need a nap and you know what they was tired and they needed a nap There was a certain cry. There was a certain cry, and I would say, they're tired, and they need a nap. And she said, no, they're hungry, and they need a bottle. (laughs) And guess what? They were hungry, and they needed a bottle. You can't argue with the baby whisperer. Say amen. I mean, it didn't matter whatever the situation was, whatever the need was. I mean, they could be, even when they got a little older, and I heard a blood-curdling scream, and I'm running down the hallway trying, what in the world? What? And she says, oh, they're just playing. Look out the window, sure enough, they'd be playing. I was sitting in the living room, heard a blood-curdling scream. I said, I, I, I said, oh, they're just playing. She'd look out there hemorrhaging. Hey, man, they done cut somebody. I don't know. I'd get it wrong. She'd get it right. You know why? Because she knew them. There was an intimate connection between mother and baby. 
mother and child. Why do you think all them football players say on TV, Hi, Mom. I never saw one say, Hi, Dad. Dad pays for everything. Dad takes him to practice. Dad don't get no recognition. I need a parent to say amen right now. You see, there's a connection. There's an intimate connection between mama and baby. She knows that baby. She knows that baby better than anybody else on the planet. Not only does mama know baby, but baby knows mama. I've been in the room with them, and I've tried everything I could to get that baby to quiet down. I've tried, you know, I've been in a room full of people, and they pass the baby all around, and every mama's trying to get that baby, everyone, because they're, they're a mama, they're a mama, and, and they've done mama things, and, and, and they try, but you know what? It wasn't their mama, but you let mama come in the room and pick up that baby. And put that baby to her, her chest and whisper to that baby, guess what? That baby knows mama. See, it's to know and be known. It's to know and be known. Now, here's the thing. Half of the equation is complete. We just read in Psalms 139 that God knows us. Are y'all with me? God intimately knows us. He knows our thinking. He knows our thoughts. He knows what makes us sad. He knows what makes us happy. He knows every single detail in a minute fashion about our life. Jesus went even as far as to say this, that God has our very hairs numbered. God took the time when you were born to count every hair on your head. That's how much God thinks about you. That's how much God loves you. That's how much God cares about you. That's how much God is consumed with you. He loves you and he knows you. But God wants you to know him. Intimacy is not a one-way street. Intimacy is a two-way street. It's to know and be known. God knows you, but he wants you to know him. Do you realize that he sent his son in human form, the invisible spirit God in glory, the invisible spirit God in glory, put himself in human form to put on this earth simply so you could know him. He gave him to know so you could know him. Jesus said it this way. When they came in and said, show us the Father, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen. That's right. God came in human form so you could get to know him, so you would better be able to know him. God sent his scriptures so we would know him, so we would know his thinking, so we would know his thoughts. God sent his son and his scriptures so we would know him. Do you know him? Do you know him like he knows you? There are spouses today, marriages today that live years and years and years together and they think they know each other. There's no intimacy. Yes, they have the physical act. But the physical act does not, listen, that is not intimacy. That's, that's a, an expression of intimacy. But you can have one without the other. But where is your relationship with God? Do you have a surface relationship or is it real? Do you realize in, 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 in Genesis, in Genesis in the very first 
uh, mention of this. We find in Genesis that the Bible says that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare a son named Cain. There was other, God used the word yada. It's the Hebrew word yada, which means to know. Adam knew Eve. Now, we know the physical aspect of that because conception took place. But he did not use other words that he could use. He could have used other Hebrew words to describe the act. He was not talking about the physical pleasure in that. He was talking about the intimacy that took place. Some Bible scholars have called it the mingling of souls. When one was completely enamored with the other and knowing each other, they knew each other. And God is saying, I want to know you that way. I want to know everything about you. I want you to know everything about me. In the same chapter, 139, he used the same word, yada. And all throughout that chapter, we find how much God knows us and wants us to know him. And I want to share this with you today. There there are requirements to intimacy. Just because you put a ring on your finger does not mean you've created intimacy in your life. Just because you have a marriage certificate does not mean you have intimacy in your life. Just because you've gone to bed with each other doesn't mean you have intimacy with your life. That has, listen, that has very little to do with it. But we need intimacy. We need intimacy with God. We need a, a real close relationship with God. Church, say amen. Now, I'm going to give you three things today that's required for intimacy. And I'm really going to breeze through the first two and hunker down in the third one. Are y'all with me? And we're going to spend a lot of practical a lot of practical things. I, I'm a very practical preacher. I, I don't like just dumping out a bunch of information so you'll have a bunch of information in your head. I want some things you can go and do when you leave this building. Are y'all with me? How do we develop true intimacy? How do we develop true intimacy with God? Because, and like I said, if you're married, pay attention because this works for the marriage. First, if we're going to have true intimacy, there's got to be trust. There's got to be trust. Say that word with me. There's got to be trust. We find in that chapter before, before it says Adam knew his wife Eve and, and she conceived and bare a son. In chapter 2, the last verse in chapter 2, it says this, they were both naked. They were both naked and unashamed. Now that, that goes way beyond, that goes way beyond just saying they didn't have no clothes on. The word naked means no covering. They were completely open to each other. They were completely vulnerable to each other. They were completely clear. There was no masking. There was no hypocritical thoughts. You see, uh, many times in marriages today, we hide things. We don't want our spouse to know this or that. or We don't want our spouse to know that the way, that insecurity that I have or, or that fear that I have because we're afraid. Because when you make yourself open to the other, when you take down the walls and you're there and you're just bare naked before them and no covering, no hiding, hiding, no whatsoever, that's vulnerability. And when you make yourself vulnerable, that's fearful. We're afraid what they may think. We're afraid what they may think about us. We're afraid about what they may say. We're afraid about who they may tell. And you'll never develop intimacy if you cannot trust the other person. If you cannot trust that one to keep quiet, if you cannot trust that person to love you anyway, no matter what you look like, no matter who you are, no matter what you feel, no matter what your insecurities are, if you can't trust that person, you can't develop intimacy. 
Preacher, what's that got to do with church and God and Christian? I want to tell you this. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you can trust God with your fears. You can trust God with your failures. You can trust God with your insecurities. You can trust God with those things in your life that you don't want nobody else to know about. You can come to him and open up to him and share with him everything in your life. You can trust him him say amen he's a god worthy of trusting i'm telling you you'll never develop intimacy with anybody if you can't trust them that's why it's so difficult that's why it's so difficult to develop trust and develop intimacy with somebody who's broken the marriage covenant adultery is a devastating thing in marriage counseling it's it's hard It's hard once that covenant's been broken, once that trust has been broken, to develop that trust again and develop intimacy. One spouse will say, well, I made a mistake. Just get over and forget about it. It don't work that way. Forgiveness is free. Trust is earned. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is free. Trust is earned. And I will say this. God has earned our trust. We can trust him. Listen, it takes trust to develop intimacy. Number two, number two. Not only does it take trust, it takes time. It takes time. (coughs) Uh, Researchers have discovered that most families in America, now this this will blow your mind. Most families in America spend less than 40 seconds a day in significant discussion. It's not talking about good morning, goodbye, how was work. It's not what it's talking about. But significant discussion that requires intimacy or develops intimacy, true feeling, a true deep talk, less than 40 seconds a day. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. Something happened to me just to show you how easy this could take place. Me and, me and Jordan, my oldest, we had a discussion one time. And uh, any of y'all parents ever had a discussion with your teenager? If we could put them in a box at 12 years old, And say, please return at 25. (laughs) We we had a we had a little dust up, a little disagreement. And uh, a week went by. A week went by, and and I saw her text somebody, or on Facebook, one of them. I don't remember which one it was. My daddy hasn't spoke to me all week. I went a solid week without saying a word to her. A solid week. Now, before you crucify me, and think I and I feel horrible enough as it is, I didn't even realize that. I wasn't mad no more. I was over it. It'll take me long to get over something. I I mean, I I I like to debate, and once debating's over, it's over. I mean, but I, I wasn't mad. I wasn't. I was waking up before she did, 
going to work or going wherever, and, and I was gone before she got up, or she was gone before I got up, or and, and, and it was dark by the time I got home, or she was already, somehow or another, we missed each other every day. And I'm saying this because it was not on purpose. It was just in the busyness of life. Are, do you, are you hearing me? We get so caught up with work. We get so caught up with, with hobbies. We get so caught up with life that we fail to take the time. And, and by the way, by the way, guys, um, uh, when I go to a restaurant, my wife has a policy. Uh, I'm not allowed to sit in a booth facing the direction of a TV. And, and the reason that is, is because sometimes with my ADD, HD, PHF, XYZ, I get distracted. Y'all with me? I took you out to dinner, baby. She said, yeah, but you watched the game the whole time. Time. You, 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 well, I just don't have time to develop all that intimacy stuff. Well, I can't afford to miss it, or I can't afford. Can you afford a lawyer? Listen, who's a good mathematician in here? What's 24 times 7? Come on, you got phones, you got calculators. Come on, people. 308? Okay. All right. 24 times 7, is that right? 308? Okay. Out of 308, we can't take two of them for a date with our wife once a week? Either way, it's a bunch of time. Say amen. Now think about this. You know what I figured out in my life? You know what I figured out in my life? If I want to do something, I'll figure out how to do it. If I want to play golf, I'll make time. If I want to go fishing, I'll make time. Now, here's the thing. We want what intimacy brings in a relationship, but we don't want to take the time to do it. And I found out this. If you don't plan it, you won't do it. Amen? So, number one, it takes... Come on, everybody, get with me. I'm almost done. I'm almost, I'm, I'm, I mean, we're in the home stretch. Number one, number two, time. You got to take time. You got to, got to take time. All right. Number three. Here's, here's the, here's the, here's the big Kahuna right here. It takes trying. The secret to a great relationship and a great marriage is not love. Cause I ain't always in love. She sure ain't. Sometimes we don't even like each other. And now, now y'all can get all them halos on top of y'all heads y'all want to. I, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just telling you, sometimes she don't like me. And sometimes I ain't real fond of her either. 
Now, before I'm standing up here naked in front of everybody, can anybody say amen right there? Is that not the truth in relationships? It's not. It's not love. That's not the secret to marriage. It's effort. It's what you put into the relationship. You have to try. You have to try. We, we, have, we have the love language classes. And one, somebody told me, said, Preacher, why is her love language the one thing I hate? That's just not me. That's why God gave it to you. Because now you got to try. And if you do it, even when you don't want to do it and you don't like to do it, but you're doing it for her, that's love. Y'all with me? Got to try. We will never develop intimacy with our spouse. We'll never develop intimacy with God until we try. Try. All right, what do we need to try, preacher? Three things. Three things. Let's, let's give these and we'll go eat a burrito. Say amen. First, we have to make an effort in this area, and this is critical. We have to make an effort in communication. Communication. It's amazing to me the people that have lived years and years and years in the same house together, and they're more like roommates than they are lovers. They've lived years and years and years together, and they still don't know each other. They don't know their feelings. I've heard it say it. I've heard it say it. I've said it. Tammy said it to me before. You just don't know me. And you know what? They're, they're telling the truth. One, we haven't taken the time to get to know them. Two, we haven't, we haven't made the effort to communicate. The only way you're going to get to know somebody is to communicate. That takes talking. Y'all with me? And gentlemen, communication is not you telling her what you think. Communication is a two-way street. In other words, listening is just as critical as talking. Now, ladies, y'all missing a really good opportunity right there. This is the move of the Holy Spirit right there, amen. If he asks what happened, just say, I felt the Lord right there, amen. I felt the Lord. Communication. Communication is two things. Talking, say it with me. It's and, it's and. All right, now how does that work with God? How does that work with God? God will talk to us through his when you're talking, you're saying words. This is his, this is his word. If you want God to talk to you, read his word. He will talk to you. I promise you, he will talk to you. The only problem is, is we don't always want to hear what he has to say. But listen, he will talk to us. You know what? <clears throat> One of the coolest pictures of intimacy in the Bible when it comes to Jesus Christ is in John 15. 
In John 15, it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Jesus is talking. He's talking about us and him and our relationship with him. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you shall bear much fruit. Then in verse 7, I think it is, a few verses later, he said, now if you abide in me and my words, now he's telling you how he can abide in you. If my words abide in you, you shall bear much fruit. Guess what? You say, how does it have to do with intimacy? Do you realize, do you realize that two, two healthy people, when they experience intimacy in their life, that fruit is a natural result? When intimacy takes place with two healthy people, fruit is the natural response. That takes place. Do you realize what Jesus is saying? If you have an intimate relationship with me, if you will be connected with me, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, if we stay connected, you're going to bear much fruit. What fruit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all could use some more peace in your life? How many of y'all could use some more joy in your life? Oh, I need more love in my life. It's not going to come from a bottle. It's not going to come from a needle. It's not going to come from hanging around the wrong crowd. It's not going to come from an illicit affair. It's not going to come around running around like a dog. It's going to come being connected to Jesus. He says, stay with me. Abide with me. That means hang out, hang around. Are y'all with me? Boy, when you stay connected, it's going to bring fruit in your life. Now, why did I say that? I, I told you I'm very practical. Now, this is, this is a little difficult for some people, so I'm making it easy. Here's what I did. <clears throat> I went, and I can't find it. Oh, where's my paper? Oh, there it is. Hallelujah. Here's what I did. We have problems reading our Bible, don't we? Let's just admit it. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to admit it. Sometimes I forget to read my Bible. How many of y'all forget to read your Bible? All right, here's, here's the deal. Here are some tips. Here are some tips about abiding in Christ, praying and reading your Bible. All right, here's some tips. I wrote these down. I wrote these down. I got them here, and I got a Bible reading schedule on the back. All right, it's, it's, it's at the foyer. All you got to do is stop before one and grab one of these, okay? This is how we do it. All right, number one, prepare a way to remind yourself repeatedly of the reasons that meditating on the Scriptures is good for you. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Because why do most guys not go to the doctor? Because we don't think it's important. We don't think we need to. Why do you think, why do you think, and I'm almost done, guys. Don't let me lose your attention because I know this, this teaching part, but just trust me. Stay with me. This is good stuff. Why does the doctor always tell you when he hands you a bottle of antibiotics, what does he tell you? Say it with me. Now, why do you think that turkey's going to tell you that? Because he knows in two weeks when you're feeling better, you'll quit taking it. Because you think you don't need it. Well, do you know why we won't read our Bible? We think we don't have time. We think we don't need it. We think it's not helping us. I'm wasting my time. This ain't helping me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's helping you. Oh, yeah. That first moment you take that antibiotic, that first day, your, your throat don't quit hurting. Your fever may not go away, but I guarantee you it's working. It's working on the inside out, and you keep taking it, and you keep taking it. Well, after long, you feel a little better. Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. Are y'all with me? You can't read one verse in the Bible and think your whole life is going to turn upside down by one verse. It don't work that way. Y'all with me? Number two, plan a place and time when you will read the Bible and think about it each day. Put it on the calendar as an appointment. Now watch this. Here's the key to it. It is a meeting with a person just as much as any appointment you make. Write it in your schedule. I'm meeting with God today. 
at such and such a time, such and such a place. And I guarantee you, he won't be late to the appointment. You know what I figured out? If you don't plan to, you won't. If you do it, if you won't do it on purpose, you won't do it at all. Y'all with me? Say amen. Decide ahead of time how you will read the Bible. Now, you may have your own Bible reading program. I doubt it, but you may have that. But guess what? We're getting them to you. It's so cool. It's right here. It says day one. It doesn't say January 1st. You know why? Because it's not January. I want you to start today. I want you to start today. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Because I figured this out. In my life, when I put something off, I don't ever do it. I want you to start today. How many of y'all have ever started reading your Bible and you forgot a verse? Or you forgot a chapter? Or you, oh, man. I, and then you forgot where you was in the Bible. Where, where was I? Listen, here's the cool part. It's got a little box over here. When you read it, check it off. Read it, check it off. And then if you forget your place, you come back. There I was right there. Somebody say amen. Isn't this great? Now watch. Now watch. Memorize verses or chapters or paragraphs. Now you say, oh, my goodness, I just can't do that. I just can't. There's no way I can memorize. There's no way I can memorize. How, how, how many of y'all say, say it's, it's, it's a struggle to memorize? Struggle to memorize. Okay. Let's just let's do a test. All my exes live in. I, I can't get no. See there? Buchanan played that at the Waffle House last week. That's how I heard it. I mean, that's. Uh, let, let's get it for the spiritual people in here, all right? Uh, amazing Grace, how sweet the. Woo! Amen. We're getting back to the Bible. Amen. Getting back to the. Mem- memorizing is not difficult. We can do it. How many of you? How many of you have heard me preaching? When all of a sudden God will bring a chapter or a verse to my mind, and I'll start quoting that verse, and you'll just feel the anointing on it. I'm talking about God will get a hold of that thing, and it because there's power in the Word of God. Do you realize? Do you realize when Satan was tempting, uh, or Satan was tempting Jesus in the wilderness, that he didn't flick him off the planet like he could have? He quoted him Bible every time, and it worked because it's powerful. Now you don't need to have to get in the middle of your temptation. And say, can you hold on a minute? I gotta get. I gotta call the preacher and get me a verse for this. <laughs> you don't need to go to a gunfight with an unloaded gun. Well, I tell you what. I, let me tell you something. I've memorized verses when I was in the fourth grade that I don't even remember that I remember, and I don't remember it till I need it. Because the Bible says that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And if you will put the sword in his holder, when you need it, the Holy Ghost will bring it out. I've been preaching sometimes or witnessing sometimes, and all of a sudden a verse will come to my head, and I'll quote that verse, and I'll think, where'd that come from? It's because years ago, I took some time. I memorize the word of God. And you need to. The next thing, the next thing, keep a journal. Now, some of you guys, you ain't going to do this, but it's good for you. Uh, keep a journal and write out your thoughts as you meditate on Scripture. It's amazing what will happen. You just, because you'll start seeing things you never saw before. 
All right? Number six. Now, here's the, here's the most critical one right here. Here's the most critical one. Finally, keep the living person of Jesus before you as you read the Bible. And consciously remind yourself repeatedly that these are the words, not of a dead teacher, but of the living Christ, who is as near as your own breathing and who is infinitely powerful. You're not reading the, the words of a dead teacher. He's, he's right there with you. He's ever present with you. Church, say amen. Two things. Write this down. We've got to make an effort in communication. This is how we do it. I'm going to give it to you. You're going to pick it up, right? At least lie to me. You're going to pick it up, right? All right. Hallelujah. All right. Now, intimacy is created. And this is quick right here. This is real quick. It takes communication. Then, then B, then B, write this down. It takes communion. It takes communion. Preacher, what is communion? Communion is that snuggle time. Communion is that time when the, when the kids go to bed. Are y'all with me? When you give them NyQuil. It, no, I'm just kidding. Don't. Uh, Benadryl works much better. No, I'm just uh, it's the time that, 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 listen, the babysitters take them and they feed them, amen. When you got four young and it's always a blessing when somebody takes them off your hands and they feed them a while, amen. But you, you have that alone time, that snuggle time, that worship time. You mean to tell me I'm worshiping my spouse? Yeah. All worship means is to show love. Do you know, when you look up the word worship in the concordance, do you know the definition it gives? As a dog would lick its master's hand. In other words, when the master would come home, and y'all, if y'all have had a puppy or a beagle or something like that, you, you, if you ain't, you need one. I mean, it's, it's really important to have a puppy when, when you're growing up. But that puppy will come, and it'll just lick your hand, lick you. Just, it's, so, it's so happy to see you. That's, what, that's, the, that's the description of worship. And are we, are we showing that kind of love to our spouse? Is there that snuggle time? Is there that alone time? Is there that communion? God wants the same thing. Let me tell you something. Service will get very frustrating without communion. Listen, them honeydew lists, they don't work unless there's some snuggle time. Say amen. You, you can write all them lists you want to write, but if you don't snuggle a little bit, it, it, listen, that money-do list won't be worth it. Say amen. How's that Bible? I'll show you how it's Bible. There was a, a, two women in the Bible named Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary were very good friends of Jesus Christ. And they, at one point in time, they was all hanging out at their house, and Martha was serving, 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 serving. She was all cumbered about, the Bible says, cumbered about with much service. She was busy working, 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 working. Well, well here was Mary over here at Jesus' feet. Mary knew something about an intimate relationship with Jesus. She knew something about being close and communicating with Jesus because everywhere you found her, she was at the feet of Jesus hearing his word, and she was spending that time with Jesus. And when Martha saw it she got frustrated she got upset she got because she was not being fulfilled all that service and all that work she came to Jesus and said would you please tell my sister to help me I'm so aggravated and I'm so frustrated I'm the only one doing any work around here and this is what Jesus said Mary has chosen the best thing 
Mary has chosen. Now, this, there's nothing wrong with service. We need service. Everybody needs to serve God. But if all you ever do is serve and you don't snuggle, I'm telling you, it will be frustrating. And you will lose your fire. You will lose your passion because all you're doing is working for God and you don't take time to spend with God. And that's, that's, a, that's a good reason why so many Christians, they're serving today. They're busy, 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 busy for God. And they're wondering, why am I not being fulfilled? Why am I not experiencing joy? Why am I not being happy? You said if I serve God, I would find joy. Oh, there's a two-part part to that. Hey, you've got to snuggle with him. You've got to come in this worship service. And when they sing songs, you've got to get real with God. Worship is so important. There was a woman who came to, came to Jesus and, and Simon the Pharisee's house. You see, Simon was a fan but she was a true follower. Simon was a surface relationship guy. He, he, listen, he was just curious about Jesus. He didn't give Jesus a kiss and greeting. He did not wash his feet. He did not anoint him with oil like the custom of that day was. But as they were sat down to dinner, there was a woman, according to the word of God, the Bible says a woman who was a sinner. A woman who had a bad reputation. A woman who probably had wickedness in her life at one point in her life. But there was a day that she was walking down the road, maybe in depression, maybe in discouragement, maybe sick and tired of the life she was living. And she heard the Messiah say, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. She probably heard him say, I'm the living water. I am the bread of life. If you'll come to me I'll change your life forever and you know what she did her life was changed and now she's coming to snuggle with him she's coming to worship him she's coming to offer her praise unto him and when she gets into his presence the Bible says her tears begin to drip off of her face you know why because real worship cannot be manufactured real worship cannot be pumped up you don't listen you don't manufacture real worship and she's crying and her tears begin to hit the feet of Jesus and she gets down and undoes her hair and she begins to wash his feet with her hair she takes that anointing and she anoints his feet she gives to him what's precious to her and she is worshiping him she is adoring him she's snuggling up to him she's communing with him and she doesn't care what Simon thinks she doesn't care what the disciples think she doesn't care where she's at she doesn't care that she's an uninvited guest all she cares about is the one that changed her life is right there in front of her and you don't need to worry when people criticize you you don't need to worry about what people are going to think because worship is an audience of one when you come into this house when you come into this house it doesn't matter there's 400 other people in here you come to feel his presence and I guarantee you this if you ever fall into his presence one time in your life it'll be worth a whole year of service to him are you worshiping have you spent some snuggle time in his presence? Have you felt him hold you close and love you? Well, I guarantee you, we'll never develop intimacy with God until we learn to worship him and spend time with him. And all God's people said, lastly, and this is critical, this is critical. You'll never develop intimacy without trust. You'll never develop intimacy without time. You'll never develop intimacy without trying communication 
without trying uh, communion and without being committed. Committed. Preacher, what are you talking about? In Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, excuse me, Exodus chapter 34, verse 14. Watch what the Bible says. For thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Ooh. I... Sometimes in restaurants, when them when them waiters come up there, and they want a good tip, so they being a little flirtatious. That don't sit well with me. Y'all with me? I'm I'm just a little bit of the jealous type, and and my wife is the same way. I get so caught up in the preacher mode where I got to be nice to everybody. <laughs> and we got, Sheila, you've been here. You know I'm telling the truth. We've gone to restaurants, and I was just a little too nice to the waitress. Tammy will throw that eye. <laughs> and that's all she got to do, give me that eye. I know. Amen. So much for my friendliness, amen. Well, I tell you what, I don't think you ought to be jealous. Hey, listen, if you ain't a little jealous, there's something wrong with you men. We'll teach a class or something. Funniest story I ever heard in my life. When my mom and dad first got married, my dad was insanely, and he's still that way. He'll crack you with his cane right now, amen. I mean, he just... They worked, they worked at a store. She worked at a store, just a convenience store. Well, he come in, he come in. My mom swears that he swears another story. You know how that goes. My mom swears the guy just said, have a good day. That's all he said. Well, that didn't sit well with the reverend. He made her call the, the boss, close the store, and go home and quit the job. That was it. It was over with. Jealous, 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 jealous. But you know what? According to that verse, God is the same way over you. You'll have no other gods before me. I'm a jealous God. In other words, God's saying there is to be nothing in your life that's more important than me. Do you remember all those thoughts that he thought of us? Remember what we read in Psalms 139? All of the thoughts that he thinks of us, he cannot bear the thought of you thinking of anybody else but him. I don't want my wife thinking of somebody else besides me. I can't even imagine that. There's no way. There's no way we could create intimacy if I'm thinking she's thinking of somebody else. Are you sold out to him? Or is there a sin in between you and him? Is there a hobby in between you and him? Is there a person in between you and him? You see, even our own family cannot be more important to us than God. He said, unless a man hate his father, his mother, sister, his brother, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. The word hate there means love less. 
if you, excuse me, if you love God less than anything else, no matter what, you can't be his disciple. Let's be committed. You'll never develop intimacy with anybody or anything until you commit. It takes commitment. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we need you in this place. We need you to accomplish all of these things that we've talked about. God, I pray that you'll be with us now. We, Lord, I, I want, I want these, these altars to be full of people that's going to start today, right now, today, to begin their communication with you. Not put it off, not, not wait till we get home, but right now, right now. We're going to start communicating. Right now, we're going to start praying. Right now, we're going to talk to you. Right now, we're going to share our burden. Right now, we're going to share our pain. Right now, we're going to share our frustration. Right now, we're going to share our fear. We're going to share that thing that's bothering us right now. We're going to come to you, and we're going to open up. We're going to, we're going to make ourselves vulnerable unto you, and we're going to trust you. God, I pray that these altars will be full of people that's just trusting you right now. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, I wonder who would come. How many Christians would come right now? Just step out of your pew. Let's start it today. Let's start it today. Let's be practical. Let's be open with God. Let's start our communication today. Right now. Right now. Don't put it off. If we put it off, we won't do it. Right now. Let's come talk to Him. Let's come share our burdens. Let's come share our problems. Let's come share our weaknesses. Right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's still space at this altar. We need to fill them up. We need to begin that intimate relationship with Him that only, only you can do it. you got to make an effort. You, it, don't, it don't happen automatically. It don't happen. It don't just happen. Nothing just happens. you got to make an effort. Would you make an effort this morning? Father, bless all those at this altar. God, bless those that are praying. Bless those that are seeking. Bless those that are looking. Bless those that are needful today. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move in an awesome, awesome way. God, we don't want a surface relationship. We don't want a small talk relationship. We want something that's real. God, we want something that's lasting. We want something that's deep. God, we want you to know all about us, and God, we want to know all about you. God, I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You saying you take all the time you need to pray. Let's stand to our feet. Everybody stand to your feet. If God's speaking to you, come on. Stand to your feet and help us sing. If God is speaking to you, come on. Help us now. Sing loud. Do you know for sure you're saved? Do you know for sure that Jesus is your Savior? That your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? If you don't, come on. We'll help you. Have you surrendered it all? Have you given it up? Have you given it to Him? Won't you trust Him today? All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All come to Him. He said, if you're hungry, come. If you're thirsty, come. If you're lonely, come. If you're sad, come. If you're needy, come. All come to Him and live. Look and live. Come to Him. Sing on.
sing that chorus one more time. Sing the chorus one more time. I surrender love on God a minute. Let's just give him praise and glory. Amen. Just, just love him. Just appreciate what he's done for us. Appreciate how much he thinks about us and how much his thoughts are toward us. Amen. We're going to take up our tithes and our offerings now. This is when we give back. This is as the woman came and gave that ointment, gave that offering to Jesus. We're going to give from our hearts. We're going to give our tithes and our offerings to him. So let's pray and ask God to have his way in this service. Lord, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, even when we were not thinking about you, you were thinking about us. And God, as we offer this praise to you, as we offer our offerings and our tithes to you, I pray that you use it for your glory, accept it from our hands. And God, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.